I'm Emily Rendell Watson, and I'm the host of the first podcast series from Taproot Edmonton Presents Igniting Innovation. Over the next six weeks, we're going to get an inside look at the tech innovation sector in Edmonton through the stories of entrepreneurs, new and experienced tech investors, and the people who make this a vibrant part of Edmonton's economy. We'll also talk through the history of the sector and where it's headed. Now, this is all framed around the lead up to the Startup TNT Investment Summit in November. So later in the series, we'll hear from a company who participated at the last summit and one who's in the running this year. But first, what is Startup TNT? To answer that and much more, Zach Storms and his wife Karen Tang are joining me for this episode. Zach is the founder and chief organizer of Startup TNT, and Karen is an investor with the summit. She works in social innovation, philanthropy, and public health. Hello. Hello. Hello, Emily. I want to start at the very beginning. I know that some people have heard of Startup TNT who may know a little bit about it, but don't really know why it got started or what you're doing now. So what is Startup TNT? Well, TNT stands for Thursday Night Tradition because Startup TNT is a weekly happy hour for entrepreneurs, scientists, investors, really anyone from the innovation community to get together, make some friends and have fun in a casual setting. And we've been doing that every single week for 74 weeks now. We started on May 16th, 2019. The origin is simply a place for us to get together as a community in an informal environment. No panel discussions, no networking, no pressure on an entrepreneur. Just really a place where you can go meet other people, like-minded people that want to build great companies together. So when did you first get the idea to build something like Startup TNT? Sure. There was like sort of a few things that happened that led to me launching Startup TNT. About two years ago, I was kind of at the tail end of a two-year period where I was working really, really hard to try and uh, build my own startup company, be an entrepreneur. I went almost two years without like taking a salary and uh, Karen can tell you how much fun that was for all of us. You know, it was really kind of reaching a point where I was like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be doing my dream job, building a company. I feel really unsatisfied with my own life, my relationships. I was just kind of like in this very negative headspace. And I felt like every quote unquote friendship that I had was being reduced to this like conversation about how in some way this person could help me build my company or like every time I'd go somewhere, it's like, I need to like prove to you in 30 seconds that I'm a valuable entrepreneur building a great company. And I was just like feeling really isolated and depressing, to be honest with you. And I was just thinking back to, you know, when I was doing my PhD and my supervisor used to take us out for drinks every single Friday, he would buy the beers. Sometimes it was just me and him. Sometimes there was like 10 to 15 people, just like casual fun. It would last for hours. We talk about all kinds of topics. Those are like my fond memories of graduate school. And, you know, even looking farther back in my life, it's like looking back at, you know, just hanging out with my friends in high school and throwing cool parties together and just feeling like so happy to be around great people that I love. And I was just feeling like I was totally missing that in the entrepreneurship community. And I was like, what is wrong with me? I, I got to stop doing this. And around this time, the city was doing these engagement sessions. And I was actually, one of the engagement sessions I was at, someone there said, you know, our community used to have more fun together. Now all we do are these like formal engagement sessions. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I feel that exact same way. And soon after that, I ran into my old friend, Rob Oming at actually an ecosystem event. We were at, I think at an event at Work Nicer, to be honest. He was just launching his brew pub and he was like, Zach, you gotta come check out this brew pub. It's like really changed since you, since I showed it to you. Cause when he showed it to me, it was literally a dilapidated building. He's like, I'm going to open it up in a couple of months here. And I was like, 
all right, this is amazing. I'd love to host a happy hour at your brew pub. And he's like, okay, Zach, well, let's figure it out later. And then a couple of months went by. Ecos had launched this startup community Slack channel where a bunch of entrepreneurs could just hang out and talk about whatever they wanted. And I had just put out there a message saying, if I launch a weekly happy hour, would any of you show up? I'm thinking about calling it TNT, Thursday Night Tradition. And within minutes, a couple of people responded and said, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Uh, in fact, I think within a day or two, Nathan Beck had said to me, hey, uh, did you figure out the details that happy hour yet? Because like, we should do it. With a little bit of confidence, I talked to Rob and I said, hey, we're just going to do this thing. Let's launch it. And I ended up launching it on my 35th birthday, as I joke, a surprise party to myself. The name TNT actually comes from a Thursday night tradition back in our undergrad years at McGill. That's where Zach and I met. But every Thursday night, there will be a big campus party at the campus bar, Gertz. The point is, it's about weekly. It's about being very consistent. And I know at the beginning, even I had doubt about, you know, are people going to show up if you have it weekly? Isn't that too much? And certainly there were other doubts from other people as well. But it's been incredible seeing how much it has come. Even over a year, it's still going strong. Even during pandemic, there's all kinds of ways Zach and his co-founders have found ways to engage people and engage the community. So you've been kind of dreaming this up in, in some ways, I'm sure, with Zach maybe acting as a sounding board from the beginning. How on board were you with this from the start? <laughs> you know, when he said, I want to spend my birthday doing this with my friends at a bar, um, I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, if that's how you want to celebrate your birthday, you know, go for it. And I think from the start, Zach and I have this agreement of, always supporting each other in the things that we wanted to do. You know, I want to go into politics. He's supporting me in that. And he's really interested in business development and the entrepreneur community. And I am fully on board. I think that's really how we got into angel investing together. So both of my parents died and I was left with some of some wealth. And so when we first entered into this world, you know, I said, I know this is something you're really interested in, but I want to be there to learn. But also, you know, this is a family decision. I want to be a part of that and so that we can do this together. And I think Startup TNT is, became a natural extension of sort of that trend. So I was going to ask you if either of you have a background in investing or tech or how foreign all of this was to you before you started Startup TNT. But it sounds like you, you did have some experience with investing before. Yes, that's correct. We started investing together in 2014, so about six years ago now. I actually had finished a PhD at McGill. We both moved out here together. Karen was doing a master's degree in public health, and I was doing a postdoc and really wanted to build companies, commercialize cool research coming out of university settings, and had this kind of like romantic idea or obsession with angel investing, a concept I didn't know a whole lot about. Or while I was simultaneously, you know, figuring out how to be an entrepreneur, I was also figuring out how to be an angel investor, which I think gives me a bit of a unique experience. And I think it's actually a really beneficial experience, sort of seeing like company formation and building a company from like both angles as an entrepreneur and a investor and, you know, as a scientist back when I was a postdoc. What is angel investing? Because I'm sure there are people listening who maybe have heard the term, but don't really know what it entails other than the, the investment side of it. Uh, sure. So the origin of the word angel investing uh, actually, I think, comes from like the Broadway shows in like the early 1900s, where a lot of those shows were very unsuccessful. And uh, you had to kind of like find this angel to fund it. And if you had a big hit, they would make a lot of money. And I think there's sort of a similar concept in the business world today where, you know, you're investing in 
a company at pretty early stages. Like the company might be pre-revenue. The company might only be a few months or a few years old, has a really small founding team. And they're onto a big idea. At least they hope that they are. They think that, you know, with the right resources in place, they could grow this thing into something really large. You know, you as an angel investor are investing in a company that, you know, has a very uncertain future, but potentially has a really big payoff. And so angel investing is really about supporting local entrepreneurs to build those great companies. And what's neat about your background that you were just explaining a little bit more about was that you combine that interest in investing with also a passion and intrigue, I guess, for entrepreneurship, which it sounds like that's really what Startup TNT is about in terms of building community and connecting investors and startups and fostering that. How do you do that? I fully believe that as a startup community or an innovation community, you know, we should be viewing ourselves as all part of the same social class, the same group of people. Like these are our friends that we're investing in, that we're building companies with. And, you know, really truly believe that building a company is a team sport and the investors, the entrepreneurs, the scientists, the service providers, everybody's got to be looking at it as we're all part of one big team here. And I think, especially a year and a half ago in our ecosystem, things are changing a little bit now, but there was a lot of anger in the community. There was a lot of entrepreneurs that were like very fed up and feeling like the government money was not being used effectively. There was a lot of entrepreneurs that thought and probably still think that local investors don't know what they're talking about. There's a lot of local investors that will say, you know, the deal flow in our community is just not very good and the entrepreneurs don't know what they're doing. And frankly, I think that that's an unsatisfying answer. I think it's on all of us as a community to improve our service providers, to improve ourselves as investors and to work together with the entrepreneurs to improve their sophistication. Like we should all be pushing each other up, not complaining about how the other group's not doing their job. To me, that's really what Startup TNT was really all about. I always joke that, you know, if you're friends with someone, it's hard to hate them. And it's hard to see them as someone that like is really screwing you over. So if you come to Startup TNT, you might meet the VP of business development of Tech Edmonton. You might meet the, you know, CEO of Innovate Edmonton. You might meet a brand new entrepreneur that like is just graduating from college or from university. You might meet all these people and you don't really know because everybody's just like wearing shorts and hanging out and drinking beer together. And to me, that that was really the beauty of, of what we were trying to do. A lot of feedback we get at Startup TNT is, wow, there's a lot of people here I don't know. And I think that's when the real magic happens in the community. Karen, do you go to the Thursday nights as well? And, and have you been there to kind of feel that magic that Zach's talking about? Yeah, I've been a few times. We have a little one. So, you know, usually one of us is home to take care of her. I think he's done a really good job in terms of forming different kinds of partnerships and connections so that TNT can be as inclusive as possible, especially in the early days. There were a number of events that were child-friendly TNT and so that young family like, like us can bring our kids out. You know, this is not my world. I don't have a business background. There's a lot of language that I'm still learning, you know, even after many years. And I feel like, you know, when people often think about business, it feels very black and white. I know when I first entered angel investing, I definitely had my own assumptions about, you know, what kind of group people might be. And what I've learned over the years is that, you know, nothing is really black and white. And it's certainly nothing what I initially expected and at the end of the day, there are different kinds of people who have a vested interest in the companies and the entrepreneurs, because we do want to see businesses succeed in Edmonton, because when they succeed, it's good for our economy, it's good for our city, it's good for our province. And so with that mindset, I, I think I just started to see this community a little bit differently. And when I come out to TNT, I often walk in and 
Zach might be the only person I know. But because it's casual, we don't, you know, we don't label ourselves as this VIP from this organization. You know, everyone lets down their guards a little bit. We're treating each other like a human being and getting to know each other at a level that you don't normally get with a lot of different kinds of networking events. I think in the past year, I feel like I've made friends with a number of folks who come out regularly to TNT. And now during the summit, when I see entrepreneurs come up, you know, you're really rooting for a friend. When you see like fellow investors, you know, I feel like the conversation just flows a bit more naturally and it's a fun experience. Listen, I do want to add to Karen's comments. Like we actually worked really hard in the early days of Startup TNT to set a culture that, you know, I was really seeking, which was one about building relationships, having fun with other entrepreneurs, other members of the ecosystem, and getting to know people. This is a relationship building event. And so we're not here to just hand out business cards to people. We're here to like make friends. We also would invite people to co-host with us the events. We, we started this trend early on where, you know, an easy way for you to be a leader in the community is to buy beers for your friends at Startup TNT. So that or was pizza. Kind of a cheeky way for me to get free beer on Thursdays. Or pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but people really liked it. People like doing that stuff. You know, Tim Lin, who is our, our co-host and an avid TNTer and on our board of directors now of an incorporated entity and helps us organize the summit, does a heck of a lot of work in building this thing out. He came to like week six and I told him that for $100, he could be our first friends with benefits sponsor. And he literally whipped out a $100 bill on the spot. I've told that story many times, but it's just like people really embrace this concept of like buying beer for friends. It just kind of struck a chord with a lot of people that it was a, a different thing we were doing. Well, I think that idea of like you're, you know, buying a beer for a friend and sitting down with someone you maybe don't know that well, there is that a, a level of comfort or bonding that you get over having a beer or maybe a non-alcoholic drink with someone. It's not necessarily all about that, but that's really how you fostered and built some of the community within Startup TNT. You both mentioned the Startup TNT Investment Summit in November, we're going to be learning more about the tech innovation landscape in Edmonton as we build towards that summit in, in a couple weeks. So can you tell me a bit more about it? Where did the idea to do that come from and, and what are you really hoping to do? Sure. At the same time that I was launching this happy hour because I wanted to build closer bonds with entrepreneurs and members of the innovation community, you know, I'd also at this point been an angel investor for you know three or so years now and most people like me that are angel investors are doing it on the side you know they're not professionals they're kind of doing it as a as a passion and it can honestly be a little bit intimidating to get into the space and it's sort of a complex thing that you're doing it can be very rewarding but it's kind of challenging and you know you hear entrepreneurs in the community and rightfully say like oh we, we you know we need more sophisticated investors we need more access to high quality capital there's lots of wealthy people in our province and just speaking from my own experience, dabbling in angel investing and getting started in the space, I was like, man, I really kind of wish there was a better introductory program to angel investing. And I, I really believe that, you know, we should be doing a little bit more as increasing our own game and sophistication level as an angel investing community. And so at the same time I launched this happy hour, I heard about this thing called an angel summit. Uh, I actually saw a presentation from the guy who runs the Seattle Angel Summit, where the concept is a bunch of new and seasoned angel investors get together and pre-commit funds to invest in a local company. And then they all work as a team to do the due diligence. And I said, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I want to do. I want to write relatively small angel checks with a bunch of other people that I'm meeting that also want to write angel checks and the great entrepreneurs that are coming to the happy hour and helping them build great companies. And I was like, okay, this is exactly what we can do with the happy hour. So relatively early on when I launched that happy hour, I heard about this idea and I was like, we need to try this through Startup TNT. 
you know, our community was having a little bit of a soul searching experience where it's like, you know, we need to figure out how to improve ourselves as a community. And I'm like, entrepreneurs, we just need to step up and do stuff that could potentially be funded by the government or could be the types of things we want to see happening in our community. Like, let's just do them. Let's not wait around for them to happen. And so through my newsletter that I have, I put out like a couple of call outs like, hey, I'd like to do something special on February 20th, 2020, because it was a Thursday and the date is 2 20 2020. And I was like, that's just a crazy awesome date. We should do something special on that day. Let's do the investment summit on that day. It's kind of like, organically, we just kind of built out like a group of people that wanted to help out and run this thing. And so we just tested it out as a bunch of volunteers with a small sponsorship budget. Karen, what's your role in the summit? You have been learning more about how to invest and acting as one of the angel investors. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm one of the many investors for the Edmonton Summit. And I participated in the first summit. And I will say, even though I've been kind of part of the angel investor community for quite some time, but I still consider myself quite novice. I, I have not been, you know, as diligent in the learning as Zach has been over the years. You know, certainly it's not my day-to-day -day job. I don't wake up and thinking about this kind of stuff. But I will say what I've really appreciated about the summit is a learning community. I think with each summit, you know, there is quite a large number of new investors and uh, there is kind of this environment where everyone's really encouraged to ask questions. There's always sort of an angel one-on-one to let people who's never done this before learn about what angel investing is. As an investor, you know, there's there is definitely a responsibility to to participate and to learn. You know, we form due diligence teams with each company. Uh, in the first summit, it was actually with every single company that participated, and this time is with the top 20. You have to kind of learn to talk to entrepreneurs, know what kind of questions to ask, uh, deciding on criteria of you know your rating, and eventually come to this collective consensus-making process uh, of deciding the top 10, top 5, etc. So during an event like the summit, you really, I guess, get to see the next crop of up-and-coming investors. I'm curious how much diversity or other women involved, what are you seeing in terms of the people who are choosing to invest in these tech companies? On the entrepreneur side, Emily, we're seeing a lot of diversity. I think in the last summit, around half the entrepreneurs or half the companies anyways had either women or visible minorities on the founding team or on the leadership team. And this time around, I actually have to check the stats, but I, I think you're seeing a similar type of diversity among the entrepreneurs. Uh, it's definitely an area for, for opportunity among the investment team is to bring a little more diversity to that group. And I'm very conscious of this kind of stuff. I look for representation no matter where I go, because usually I am the only uh, woman of color in the room. And especially in this type of sector, I'm often like the non-business person in the room. So I'm very conscious of people's backgrounds. And I know for the last couple of pitch nights, I think 70% of the entrepreneurs uh, were either women or an entrepreneur of color, which to me is actually quite exciting. But I will say on the investor side it's pretty bleak i know in our first summit in edmonton out of 25 investors there were three women investors this time around there are 30 investors zach how many women investors are there i think that's pretty bleak and is there any diversity within that group yeah there's there's a few non-white okay. people but like maybe only two or three i think we as organizers probably need to be a little bit more intentional around how we like recruit the investors. I think for the entrepreneurs, we just like went out hard and met the community and brought them in. They represent the broad community that we have. 
I think maybe for the investor community, our tactics are a little bit more like word of mouth going through our own social circles. And probably the investors are probably more of a reflection of our own like personal networks rather than the broader investment community in Edmonton. And I think that's a, an opportunity for us to improve on, to inc- make sure that, you know, a broader cross-section of the investor community is represented. You know, on the investor side, this is a question I've been kind of thinking about for a very long time, ever since I joined Valhalla. There was a period in Valhalla, they even had, I can't remember what the name of the initiative was called, like diversity in angel investing or something that, that someone tried to start up. It was one of the investors, they tried to start it up, but it kind of didn't really go anywhere. Generally, we focus a lot on women entrepreneurs. There's lots of programs and lots of great services out there. I think there's less emphasis on the investor side of things. There are great examples we've seen coming out different cities, uh, female funder, CEO, there's lots of interesting examples to learn from. And more recently, a friend of mine who's a woman tech entrepreneur, uh, Megan Deer, she and I have been kind of talking a lot around why is that the case? You know, is it just sort of this like network issue that Zach was talking about? Or is this sort of a preference? Is it about risk tolerance? So just engaging different business folks and trying to understand their perspectives so that we can, I think with a better understanding, we can figure out how can we Uh, increase the diversity in this field. I guess for me, this is why I think it's important that Zach and his co-organizers reach out to form different kinds of partnerships for TNT, even in the sense of co-hosting the event, because I think if we broaden our networks, we attract different kinds of people. And, you know, hopefully those different kinds of people are of a diverse backgrounds. Diversity is always a part of innovation because if you always have the same people coming up with the same ideas, then things never change. But if we there are new faces, different perspectives brought to the table, then that's really what innovation is all about. You both mentioned that you've had two virtual pitch nights earlier this month. Can you give us a little taste or teaser of what's maybe to come? Sure. So the way the process works is... All the companies apply, and that happened in August and early September, and about 43 companies in Edmonton applied. And then initially, the investors do a a screen of those 43 companies and say, out of these 43, here are the 20 companies that I think we're the most seriously interested in that we should do a little follow-up due diligence on. And we call that the top 20. And each of the top 20 is A, assigned an investment team, which would be like three to four investors, to meet with them, do some light due diligence, and summarize their findings for the rest of the group but also an opportunity to pitch to the investment group and to the broader community at our pitch nights. And so these pitch nights are kind of have a dual role. One is, you know, showcasing to the investors and answering investor questions, but also showcasing to the broader community and kind of raising the profile of entrepreneurs in our community. And the entrepreneurs pitching are all entrepreneurs that are, you know, in the running for being in the top five, which will be selected on October 22nd. And then uh, those five companies, the investor teams will do a more intensive due diligence round with them where the final terms of the deal will be worked out. They'll go through, you know, like sort of like a full data room with each company and sort of assess the deal and share that with the other investors. And then live at the investment summit, the companies will have the chance to give sort of their final pitch, which is also a public showcase. So the broader community is invited. Uh, and then they'll make their final investment decision live at the summit. So the summit is a one-day event that might feel a little bit like a Shark Tank style situation, but really there's been like eight weeks of due diligence leading up to it. And and these pitch nights are really an opportunity for everybody in the top 20 to feel like a rock star for a day. At least I hope they feel that way. I think by the time the top five you know happens, by that point, all the investors 
like they should know the entrepreneurs quite well already. And it was, it's not like what you see on TV is you get this one-time shot and that's it. You know, there's not just due diligence, but relationship building that's been happening kind of all along. Can you give us a little tease though of the Edmonton companies that are hoping to be part of that top five? You know, just looking at them, they're they're so diverse just in what they're doing. For example, there was nanode battery technologies that is building a new component of batteries, commercializing technology at the University of Alberta. Another, you know, sort of deep tech company in the health space was TrueAngle that has just released a product that helps with therapy of people that are doing verbal re- rehabilitation. So we have companies like that that are spinning off cool technologies out of the University of Alberta. But, you know, then we have companies like Uproot Foods, who's basically looking at a way to help smaller food producers compete on a competitive level with some of the more bigger established players. You know, what I'm excited about is that a number of the people participating also participated in the first summit. So companies like Resume Free or Story City or Dive Through, you know, there's three women-led teams, uh, some of whom have received a little bit of investment already. And, you know, you can see their progression from a year ago to now where, they're farther along. Some of them have made some pivots. They've got some more traction. They're a lot more mature. They've got things going on. And, you know, we can see them evolve and develop as a community. And and I think that for me is part of the big excitement. Again, when I kind of enter this world of angel investing, sometimes I think about, I I, I guess I never really realized the scope of the problems that people are trying to solve. And one thing that does relate to the range of issues that people are working on are issues that, you know, I think about sort of often on a daily basis, but I just think about it from a very different way. Resume free, for example, is about hiring based on algorithms that's not based on resume. So really eliminates the systemic bias that we often face, especially uh, communities of color. And Dive Through is a, is a mental health wellness app, all addressing, I don't know, I find really relatable issues that will have huge impact you know, for our communities. Well, I'm really excited to hear who makes it into the top five. And we'll actually be hearing from probably one, I think, of the companies that is going to be pitching on November 19th during the investment summit. We don't know who that'll be yet, but to be determined. I think what you were talking about in terms of evolving and when you say that, Startup TNT is actually a startup in and of itself. With that, I'm sure there's been similar growing pains as you scale. And how do you envision Startup TNT changing Edmonton or or reinvigorating the tech innovation space here in Edmonton? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It's a question that we talk a lot about right now at Startup TNT because we have grown really fast. There's a fear among some of us that we're, you know, we're in danger of trying to do too much too quickly. And, you know, we might lose some of that magic that I was describing earlier. But the short answer to your question is, you know, what kind of impact do we want to have in Edmonton? I really hope that a few years from now, five or 10 years from now, like it takes a while to make this kind of impact. You know, people talk about Startup TNT as like, you know, the place where they learned about angel investing and now they've done 20 deals. And some of those deals were with great entrepreneurs who've sold their companies, built great companies, and now they're investing with us. You know, I always say to all the entrepreneurs I meet, like, I want to help you be successful. So in five years from now, when you sell your company, you come talk to me and we we invest together. Like this is to me all about building long lasting relationships with the entrepreneurs, with the investors. And, you know, will I still be drinking beer every single Thursday? Well, I can tell you that my PhD supervisor drank beers every single Friday with his friends for 30 years. 
So I don't know why I can't do the same. I don't know if I like to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I and and if I can just kind of like emphasize that point about the community. Back in July, uh, Startup TNT and a number of other partners uh, in Calgary and Edmonton they put on the Great Alberta Pitch Marathon. And I think out of like you know over a hundred companies that pitched, there were a number of them. And Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, who said that they want to they're moving to Edmonton because they see Edmonton ha- as having such a strong community f- for startups. And I feel like this is something that you know Startup TNT is really contributing to and. What I hope to be a huge impact is fortifying this community, so this becomes our Edmonton advantage that people are coming here for, and we continue to attract the talent to build the city. And you know that's going to be even more important as we head into the rebuilding phase post COVID. I think you know another point about what we're trying to do at Startup TNT is you know we're trying to be unabashedly pro Edmonton. Like we can do this here. You know we can build great, awesome companies together. Like we've got the resources and the talent. Like we just need to work together as a team to make it happen. You know, that's like I firmly believe that. And I, I'll bring up one fact that I haven't said about myself, which I always like to remind people, is that I'm American. I'm not from Edmonton, and I think sometimes that gives you a little bit of a different perspective. Where it's like, look, you know, cities all over the world are just like Edmonton. Like we could talk about how like we should move to Calgary or some other city, and like things be better there. But you know, it's going to be life is life. Like we can do great stuff here in Edmonton. We just need to work together and we need to be proud of ourselves. It's okay to brag a little bit in a healthy way about what kind of awesome stuff that we're doing. I've lived all over Canada and don't think I've ever lived in a place or maybe I just haven't really been connected to it, but where it has felt like there's so much innovation happening and people who are so passionate about it and want to see these entrepreneurs succeed or, you know, in the case of what you're doing, both entrepreneurs and investors. And it's that love for Edmonton and love for this community that is actually, and we'll let people in on a little secret that you're going to be joining me over the course of this series for the next couple of weeks and talking through some of these episodes both before and after. So what are we going to hear from you? Yeah, listen, I, you know, I joke to people that I'm like Edmonton's biggest cheerleader right now. Like my job is to just talk about how awesome everybody is, all the great stuff that they're doing. And they come join me on Thursdays to drink beer and tell me about all the great stuff that they're doing. So, you know, I've had the privilege for the last 74 weeks of meeting so many different people from our community. And it really gives me so much confidence and inspiration. And, you know, when I hear people sometimes read headlines and talk about what's going on, like big picture in our community and feeling nervous, I'm like, listen, you know, if you drank beers with all the entrepreneurs in our community every Thursday, like I do, you would not be concerned. You can see the great stuff that's happening. So I'm really excited to join you, Emily, to just kind of add in where I can on what the great people here are doing and, and add some personal flavor to, to what they're telling us and share some personal fun stories about them. So as the millennials would say, it's like spilling the tea. <laughs> well, let's just say that spilling the tea definitely happens in after our TNT. Thanks to Zach and Karen for joining me. And I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to learning a lot more about tech innovation in Edmonton over the next couple of episodes. Next week, we'll be back with Ashlyn Bernier, Chief Operating Officer at Edmonton tech company Sam, and Chris Labossier, local entrepreneur and owner of Altitude Investments. You can catch a new episode every Wednesday until the end of November. Until next time, I'm Emily Rendell-Watson, and this is Taproot Edmonton Presents Igniting Innovation. Igniting Innovation.